and boom goes the dynamite. It's Tuesday morning, and you know what that means. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Boom, presented as always by Fight Game Media. I'm James McDaniel. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been, buddy? How's your long weekend been? Well, it's been all right. I'm actually just getting over a cold, and uh, most of my family has a cold, too. So, Are you all stuffed my up? My nose is running, but I don't expect any coughing. Okay. Just running. Okay, nose. that's not too bad. Back, back home, back in the day. There's this uh, there's this uh, Indian restaurant not far, no this Thai restaurant not far from the house, and whenever I'd get all mm-hmm. stuffed up, I would go there and order medium heat, and it would clear everything out for at least at least twelve hours. I could get through the night and breathe. We, we did that Friday night. Three of three of the four of us were all stopped up, and so we went to the uh, local Sichuan place and ordered all the spicy. Oh, that's great! Chicken soup and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. perfect. I highly recommend. Yeah, a little bit of medical advice here from the good people at Fight Game Media. So, Kevin, we've got a lot of good stories to talk about this week. This has been a great week for AEW. Really, really entertaining TV. Yes. Ram, I was about Rampage, Dynamite. Everything was. I really enjoyed this week. Um, I've completely given up on be, being the elite. I loved it. I missed it while it was gone. It yeah. came back. They immediately did all the same stupid promo, stupid things they were doing before where they just kind of worn out the Johnny Hungy thing and some other deals, and they just brought all those back, and I have not watched since. And uh, I miss the glory days. I'm never a big BTE guy myself. I usually I usually just tune in for that because I like the uh, Brandon Kane yeah. during the matches and all the stuff that they say during the matches. I love that when you said that, I thought – Kevin likes the stuff that I, he likes the stuff that's my least favorite. And I like the stuff that was your least favorite, which is what makes us a pretty good team here, I think. But you've got a great top story. Something we talked about last week on the show in yeah. that Kenny Omega has the numbers one and two matches all time in singles competition, according to Dave Meltzer. Let's get that out of the way. And he has the number one tag match of all time. And I wondered, does he have the top trios match of all time? And you looked into it. What was the result of that investigation, Kevin? The result was that as of this week, uh, with the finals of the best of seven series, which was rated five stars. Okay. uh, Yes, he does indeed sit on the uh, best trios match of all time in a 13-way tie. Wow. 12 other matches. Wow. That were also rated five stars. That were six man. Matches. I had no idea there were that many five star six well, six man matches. When I first posted about it, I said that he had it, and then I was using uh, Cage Match DB for the yeah. which catalogs by Dave's ratings, and it makes it really easy to look up. And someone pointed out to me, isn't there like ten other matches that have that same rating? And, I went and, <laughs> and yes, it was actually twelve, and but none better. They were sorted by, they were sorted by date. Oh my god! After that, re- most recent. So it was listed at the top, but only because it was the most recent. So a literal recency bias. I got gotcha. you there. So, uh, but yes, if you were to say, does he have the best trios match? Does he have the best? Which which posed the question to me: Is Kenny Omega the greatest big match performer of all time, or is he just Dave Meltzer's favorite? That's a really interesting question. And there's a lot of 
there's a lot of different ways we could we could go on this. But first, let me say he's tied for the top trios match of all time, and he's only just began his reign as a trios champion. Um, yeah. I have a feeling we might top that five stars uh, at the next pay per view. <laughs> I think there's a really, really okay. good chance good. of that. But it's kind of well known that Dave gives more five star plus matches now than he did in the past. He was much more stingy yes. in the past. That's a fact. So I don't think it's so much that Kenny's his favorite. I think that Kenny has entered his prime at the same time that Dave has been much more liberal with his star ratings. That said, I've seen a lot of those top matches of Kenny's, and they're phenomenal. They're absolutely phenomenal. And I think if you look at the other at the other big five-star players over the years, Ric Flair, um, let's go Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, outside of their series together, I don't think either guy really had that many opportunities to put on a big match with an equal talent. During my whole time, Flair probably more. Flair probably had. He more. probably had more, but during my entire kind of reign of, of watching, during my era of watching NWA and WCW, Flair feuded with Sting, who was good, Lex Luger, who was okay. Um, he feuded with Vader for a little while, who's who was good, but there was nobody there on his level that Flair feuded with, outside of yeah. I don't think he ever got a really big feud going with Muda back in the day that I remember. No, never did. And that's a real they shame. They've had Barry Windham before that. And they've had some They've had some really good matches, but the, the reason I say feuds is generally these big Kenny matches come at the end of a big feud. Just like this Will Osprey match isn't we like nobody thinks this was the last match. This was the build to the last match. And I don't think Rick ever had a real feud with Barry. He had some one-off matches. And I think if he could have had a big feud leading to like a big Starcade match, you know what I mean? I think we're more set up yeah, now for the mean. big build and the payoff. It's kind of a payoff. difference in the business. Yeah. Too. The business has changed, allowing. Kenny Omega's not out there. Kenny Omega's not out there consistently having those matches right. every week. He's obviously not like the Turing champion who's going to go yeah. you know, have like a four-star match with a Kerry Von Eric on a Tuesday and then the, you know Friday night he's in there with Ted DiBiase yeah. and then Saturday it's Barry Windham and then Dusty Rhodes you know so he was wrestling you know, there's a little bit of apples and oranges there yeah I think so if you're I, I went and looked up who who does have the most five-star plus matches uh, okay this is again according to Dave Meltzer um, Mitsuhara Misawa is number okay. one okay who was the first person who came to mind when I thought, is there any greater big match wrestler? Even though Misawa is not one of my favorites. Right. Uh, Will Ospreay actually has more. Will racked him up this year. I know he had them before, yeah. but he really piled them up this year. He has less uh, plus uh, more than five-star matches, but when it, when you include five stars, okay. Okada is next, then Kenna Kobashi, then Kenny Omega. Okay. So... That's a pretty amazing list. Ric Flair's down at number 12. Mm -hmm. You got Manami Toyota, um, Toshiaki Kawada, mm -hmm. who would have had a lot of those with Misawa. So, that, like you said about having opponents, you know, three of that top yeah. 
five <clears throat> because Kawada's actually tied with Omega. You know, those were all against each other. Yeah. I think Ric Flair's probably in the lead and having four star matches with two star competitors. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I bet so. And I bet if you were to say four star and up, I bet he might be top. Yeah, I think he could be. But yeah, he. I don't think he just ever had the real opponents to do that during his WCW time. And in his WWE time, I think it's a little harder to get a five-star match in WWE because they don't book that way. About that, yeah. yeah now, there's right. been some. There's been some really good ones on pay-per-views. Um, but again, I don't think Flair really had the opponents for that. Um, yeah. Let's see. What's interesting is when I... I uh, compared it to uh, cagematch.net, which is another site mm-hmm. database for wrestling matches, but they have user rating. Right. And so this is more a little more democratic. And on that list, one through three is Kobashi, Misawa, and Kawada. Okay. Uh, like Manami Toyota is number five. Okada is number six. Uh, Jumbo Saruta. And I got to go all the way down to where is he? Kenny Omega is number 32 on this list. Well, behind behind people like Eddie Guerrero, Minoru Suzuki, um, Jushin Liger, Shawn Michaels, you know. I swear to God, if you say the repo, more, man. A little more tempered, a little more tempered. Yeah. When you, when you get to others. There. I don't know. I When it comes to, like, peaks, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't think of anyone I think of who has no. higher peaks than him. No, like... He has had more great matches over the last few, over the last, let's say, six years than anybody I've ever seen. He's earned it. I don't think he's the best wrestler in the world. I think he's like number three, in my opinion. But um, when it comes to performing in the big match, when it comes to the big match on a big, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. And interesting that last year, like, sorry, last year, last week. We said he's the best wrestler in the world in Japan. Who said that? Because we did. Oh, okay. One of us did. Because when he's in Japan, he's almost on a different level. Yeah, because we had that conversation when my friend brought up that he's a different guy in Japan than he is here. Yeah. And he has to be, I think. Like I I said last week, competing week in and week out, you can't have five-star matches every week. That's not possible. And then if you do, they're probably no longer five-star matches. Because you're seeing right. him every week, um, right? Although he did just have what was it a six, six and a quarter, and then a five within <laughs> seven days of each other. Just ridiculous, just ridiculous, insane. insane. So, so I guess what we're saying is, Kenny is the best big match competitor in the world inside the Tokyo Dome. That's what we're saying. I I would I would stand. <laughs> with okay, so let's see who else is in the conversation. Who do you think – we've kind of talked about those people. And there's lots of people who could do that. Um, I think Brian Danielson's a guy that could do that. But he doesn't seem to be motivated to do that right now, just like he's not motivated to collect all the gold. Um, yeah. Will Osprey's clearly right there in the competition, and Okada's clearly right there in that competition, yeah. if it is indeed a competition. Um who do you think are going to be the, the guys in the future in five, 10 years who are going to be at that um, level? Do you think Daniel Garcia is going to get there? 
I think in his own way he could. I don't know if he'll. He definitely has the potential. Get those opportunities. Yeah, he has potential to be really great in his own style. I think right. it would have to be a place where that style gets really over and mm-hmm. gets an opponent like that. You know. Um, Do you see MJF as being a guy who could achieve that level? Because he's really good right now. He is really good. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. Yes. His, the way that he, I think, you know, the thing that works about his matches is is the story. Mm-hmm. He's a really good storyteller, yeah. which really is what's lost in the Kenny Omega. The Kenny Omega stuff has good stories, mm-hmm. better than people give him credit for, but they're very, uh, what do you call They're it? dense. Inside yes. Stories. You have to pay really close attention. You, it's really subtle. It's kind of like I've seen Paul, Paul Fontaine say, I know some of this story to this match, but I don't know all of it. Can someone tell me? Yeah. And you kind of need, right. unless you are a hardcore New Japan watcher, you, unless you're watching all the time, you generally need somebody to hold your hand and walk you through the story. And that's a real shame, but that's the situation when you're comp- when most of your big matches are on another continent. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Well, before we move on with the show, I want to talk about we've had a lot of five-star players. Now let's talk about our $5 players, ladies and gentlemen. For just $5 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash fight gaming. You get loads of extra shows every week from all of our podcasters here, um, including the Boom Goes the Dynamite Hook Awards, um, which was, of course, me, Kevin, Paul, and Jeff from the Dynamite Show. Pup it up who you can hear trying to wrap us up very, very early in the background. Um, and we get we did our year-end awards. I'm sure most of you already heard it, or most of you have already heard about it. But if you haven't, I think it's a lot of fun to listen to. And you can get that in loads of other content for only $5 a month. I still think, and I hold tightly to the fact, this is the best deal in combat sports. All right, Kevin, what's up next? Are we going right to the heat index this week? Or are we talking about something else first? We got a couple of, we got a couple of things to talk about uh, real quick. So... Um... AEW is going to be running a show WrestleMania weekend, kind of. They announced uh, uh, ROH will do their annual Supercard of Honor show on WrestleMania weekend, run it opposite SmackDown uh, at uh, the Galen Center at USC. So, and he promises like top tier AEW talent on that show. So it's kind of a super gorilla way to like do an AEW show opposite a SmackDown show in the same town, but not, but not say that he did an AEW show. So he said he wouldn't want. I'm both really excited and really disappointed with that. In that, pump it up, come on now. In that, I really like they're going head to head, but I wish they were going head to head with WrestleMania on Sunday so I could watch it instead of Friday, where I won't be able to watch it until later. Um, yeah. yeah, I like this though. Uh, ROH always would have been going that weekend, and I like that ROH will still be going that weekend. I think that's not the right yeah. thing to do. I, I don't like it as in, oh, we're going back to war with WWE. No, I just like it in that ROH right. should be a part of WrestleMania weekend. There are a lot of people, a great deal of people who go to WrestleMania weekend and don't go to WrestleMania. I've been one of those people before, and um. And I think ROH should be a part of that for those people who are there for um, kind of their love of professional wrestling and not so much the sports entertainment yeah. part of that weekend. 
Right. And it seems like there's enough. I mean, number one, it's L.A. It's a gigantic market. There'll be plenty of people. Yeah. So many people traveling in there. I don't think it'll be like considered, you know, it's not like people considered ROH shows like that they were going head to quote head to head yeah. or trying to steal people from SmackDown. It was more of an alternative thing. And I think that's what it is now. So I hope they don't hype it up too much as like, like you said, like yeah. some sort of it's, attack. It's or, not beating you know. SmackDown by any metric on any level. It's not going to beat any WWE right. show by any metrics that weekend. It just is something that needs to be there as an alternative for the people that aren't interested in SmackDown. Especially now that uh, Vince might be back in Gorilla on oh, on friday there's a real chance of that <laughs> there's a real chance he, he is making crazy. all the moves man all of them yeah what are we <laughs> speaking of that, yeah there was a rumor this week so there's a lot happened between last week and this week it's, let's it's let's talk about it territory yeah so there was that rumor that we thought what tuesday night mm-hmm. we thought a lot of people thought, even though no one actually really reported it's, it's all Saudi. It's all Saudi all the way. That it was that's yeah, that the Saudis were gonna buy the investment fund everything and rein and reinstate uh Vince. Vince McMahon. Yeah. That turned out to be just a rumor. I mean it could still yeah. happen absolutely. It's not a done right deal now. like we thought it like, was if it is going. Right. If it is going. And but it you know, everyone's hair went on fire. But then a hilarious and awesome rumor came out that actually isn't I mean, it was reported by major outlets, yeah. so it definitely had more credibility than even the Saudi rumor was that uh, Nick and Shad Khan are among the contenders to uh, put in an offer. Tony and Shad. On buying WWE. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. Who did I say? Nick. There's a lot oh, of cons. Sorry. and you know, There's there. a lot He's of cons involved in this deal. Yeah. My favorite meme about it was the uh, split screen of Vince and Tony Khan said from Panama City, Florida, and the caption was the contract. The name of the contract does say con. <laughs> oh, man. What I wouldn't give for that to happen. Um, yeah. There's Here's the thing. Number one, Shad Khan is a very wealthy man, not wealthy enough to buy that on his own. It would take. No, it'd have to be with a partner. It would take literally every penny of his net worth. To buy the WWE because it's looking like it's going to go for eight to ten billion dollars. He's worth where you depending on where you read it eight or eleven billion somewhere in there. Yeah, that's not enough to buy it. I mean, no. he could get investment funds to come in and help. Like it's doable. He is a guy that could absolutely yeah. make it happen. But I kind of don't want that to happen. Even though I just said I did. No. I don't want a monopoly in in pro wrestling ever again. It'd be hilarious and awful. Yeah, don't want a monopoly. Um, yeah. it would it would really be bad. And, and like many people pointed out, <coughs> Tony would probably try to book everything by himself, and that would be insane. <laughs> ROH, NXT, WWE, AEW, all of it on his own. Love it. Good yep. lord. Level up. Bring back UK, all that, everything. It, just book everything. It would still be worth it to me just to watch that first episode where they absolutely were doing the repeat of the WCW <laughs> thing. That would be worth the yes. price of admission. And I then I'd love to have just just a view into that possibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love that they're if they really are in there making you know overtures and stuff. I kind of love that they're doing it, even though. You know, number one, there's no way Vince McMahon would sell to them just on principle. Exactly. And number two, exactly. No way get the money. But 
I do just love the kind of fu quality about it. Yeah. Them putting an offer and Vince just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, that there was a there's a possibility that this guy could buy your company. If like I, I kind of like that, and I also look at it like you know the Mega Millions is like two billion dollars or something right now. Yeah. Like that's when you go buy a ticket, right? Exactly. Because you know if WD's for sale. You could put an offer. Yeah, I'll put an offer. I'll call, I'd put an offer. Call, if I could. call Shad. Let him know. I'll, I'll put in a billion. Let's yeah. do this. Um, yeah, let's do it. You know, I you're you you're dead on with Vince McMahon. If his only two options were sell to the cons or burn that built burn WWE to the ground physically, yeah. burn the library. That's that would be his choice. He would burn it all. Yeah, he'd burn Titan Towers, even though they're not there anymore. He'd burn them. <laughs> Like everything WWE ever touched, um, yeah, that'd be the choice, and that would be. Is Ted Turner still alive, or he'd pass away. I think Ted's still with us. By the way, uh, the yeah, he's still around. The head of PR for Reels was the head of PR for Ted Turner for over a decade, and she has wild Ted Turner, Ric Flair oh, stories. They're amazing. Anytime I get a chance to sit down and talk with her. That's I just try and nudge her in that direction. That's fantastic. Um, he was just in a he was just a, brought up recently because in a recent interview, Jane Fonda referred to him as her favorite ex husband. <laughs> which I just love that. That's very touching. That's a very touching just way to look at his favorite ex. I know yeah. there's something sweet about it. I think I'd I don't know, I think I'd make a pretty good ex husband. Um let's see. <laughs> Next up, let's talk AEW house shows. What's going on with that? So we don't know if any is really going on, but uh, Tony Khan was on a radio show called In the Zone, um, and someone asked about the possibility of doing house shows, and he said that something we're talking about, talked about how they built up a live events team, you know, that um, Jeff Jarrett was brought in, is kind of heading up that team, um, building out the live event business. He says there's a lot of demand. They've got a big roster, you know, and says, quote, it's something we're going to do. Which is really interesting. Yeah, what's that? Like, you know, like what is that? You know, and a lot of people would say, if they were to do house shows, you know, you're probably not going to get Kenny Omega and the Bucks and right. Hangman Page and John Moxley and MJF and you know the top tier stars on it. So, is it worth doing? Is it viable? I think it is. Yeah, uh, but I think you have to market it really differently in a way. You can't you can't do the model of everything you see on TV is going to be that. You no. Know? I could see them doing, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm about to pull something out of my ass here. I could see them doing a West Coast house show and have their West Coast stars on it along with local indies and then have an East Coast show where it's just their East Coast people on it and just have the people that are living in that area on the show plus whatever indies are there to book and just do something like that. I don't think that's. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. The young bucks are home; people know them. You know, they they would be enough to get he, people to show up for an AEW house show in, L, in in Los Angeles. I think you could also, you could probably recruit a team of touring people that just like, hey, I want to yeah. work. There's a load of them. I'm sure would want to be on the road. Yeah, especially the younger ones, and then yeah, especially the younger ones. And I think that's where you would get the most value out of that mm-hmm. is sending out those people you know like put jade on the road for a little while you know put, yeah 
you know, uh, do like they used to do where you try out a match on the road. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do red velvet and Jade cargo, like put them on the road for two weeks and have them do the same match, you know, four or six times and then put it on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think guys and like, and what I do is probably recruit someone and say, Hey, like twice a year, you're going to go on a house show circuit. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so like I was about to like say, two week run up the West Coast, have the Young Bucks and and uh, Lucha Brothers, yeah, tear the house down, you know, on house shows, and then when they go up to, like you said, up to New York, who's their biggest star up there? You know, like and Eddie Kingston, Dan Garcia, yeah, you know, Eddie Kingston, and MJF have these people Long that, Island you know, book and book feuds or at least short programs on the air. Mm-hmm that get run on these short runs and that way you are putting top talent on the show but you're not you know running people ragged yeah you're you're cycling them in and out and all that and i'm sure i think it could work and i yeah and i think guys like qt marshall um dustin rhodes Mm -hmm. christopher daniels just tell them yeah one the coaches one month out of the year yeah like you'll you'll be in charge and you'll do a match with somebody on the card we'll pay you well that's it one month Mm-hmm. And it could be two weeks at first half of the year, two weeks, second half of the year, something like that. It's really, I think it's really doable. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's the best shot of them coming to Albuquerque and me seeing them. And I'd, I'd love for something like that to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Considering I've, I've since yeah. discovered that Albuquerque's 12 hours away from literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right. Well, I say we move on to the heat index because I am okay. dying to talk about these shows this week. Yeah. All right. There was some good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. And I'm I'm excited to talk about my two favorite moments. One on Dynamite, okay. one on Rampage. Oh great. Okay. I hope I have them in the heat index. <laughs> I'm sure they're right. they're they're hanging around here somewhere. All right. All right. Number uh I have an honorable mention. Okay. And that is for um, Golden Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser, who I think should always be referred to with those six words. I think so. Golden uh, Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser. Forever. Um, I watch a lot of TV and a decent amount of movies, and I'd know his name, but I'd never seen him before, I don't believe. I, I may have. I need to look up his IMDb. But uh, I thought I'd never seen him before, but then when I looked him up, I realized I've seen him a bunch. Did he play Richard Jewell? He played Richard Jewell. Okay. In the Richard Jewell movie. Okay. Um, he was uh, Stingray in Cobra Kai. If you watch Cobra Kai, yep. I haven't. Um, well, I watched the first <laughs> he just season and a half of Cobra Kai. I should say. Okay. Um, I haven't watched it. I really liked him. I, I you could tell he really liked wrestling, and he really wanted he to knew it. He, yeah, and he re- he knew wrestling, and he really wanted to do something. You know. Like hanging out with Danhausen and taking that chair shot, two yeah. of the highlights of his life, probably more than the gold. The, I, Jeff Jarrett stealing that Golden Globe was probably better than getting the Golden Globe for that man. I, I was gonna say, he he uh, he won the Golden Globe on a Tuesday, was on Dynamite on a Wednesday, Dynamite and Rampage. <laughs> on a Wednesday. Like, that's the best forty-eight hours of his life. For real, for Literally. real, Literally. <clears throat> Uh, I, yeah, I posted when it happened that on uh, Rampage that that whole thing with um, Lethal and Jarrett and all that had um, really strong like high school coach gets a angle in the local fundraiser show yeah vibes but but I meant it in like the best way oh yeah like, 
I love that when the little local wrestling show would come to our high school and the they do an angle where like the coach hits someone across the back <laughs> with a chair. You know, I ate that crap up, and that's kind of what that's the I LA equivalent. Know, it's the LA equivalent of, yeah. of that. That's right. And one of your guys, let me tell you, SAG member. A lot of Middle America is now aware of Paul Walter Hauser, um, or Paul Walter Dan Hauser. Either way. Yeah. Um, I, I very much, in, I didn't think I would enjoy his stuff. I very much enjoyed everything he did. Yeah. Well, the second he showed up in a Robert Duvall shirt, <laughs> you were, you were sold. That shirt was amazing. Yeah, I was sold on that guy. It was like a classic eighties wrestling shirt, but it was about Robert Duvall. <laughs> it was amazing. It really was. That. Okay. Number uh, five. Of, that had don't that. Oh, hold on. That had yeah. one of my favorite moments. Oh, let's hear it. it. Was, uh, when they when they raided the ring, uh, to crash his, you know, celebration in the ring. Yeah. And um, Satnam Singh was holding Danhausen back by just leaning on him and folding his arms. <laughs> yeah, Danhausen. Dan his back like was to the turnbuckle. Flailing. And yeah. his back was to the turnbuckle. See her, his arms and legs. <laughs> It was almost like a loony. So it was almost like watching Looney Tunes. Yeah. Danhausen's arms and legs flailing behind Satnam, and Satnam is just leaning back, and that's all he's doing. Even though you yeah, like, it's it quote fantastic. unquote holding, arms were nowhere involved in that. Yes, that was beautiful. Yeah, and uh, there was they, right. we got the run in from from best friends. Yeah, which is of course leading to a match, I believe. Uh, on Wednesday, yeah, week. Orange versus Jay. Orange, Orange versus Jay for the Atlantic title, and apparently the uh, that could be a great Golden match. Globe or a mock-up of said Golden Globe <laughs> might be smashed over someone's head. I don't know. That's right, because they stole the Golden Globe. Which I, I love that Jay Lethal is just I don't know. I sent I sent you. A, they did a post-match promo. I sent you on Twitter, but I, I saw it, but I didn't watch it. Okay, it it was their post-show. And, and Jay Lethal is like doing an acceptance speech for the Golden Globe that he's, he's now his. Oh, I wish we could play the audio it's, of that, man. It's so good. It's so good. These guys are so great. They're so great. They, again, individually did not, was not happy with anything that was going on together. Yeah. They're magic. They're all fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be excited about Jeff Jarrett and AEW. <laughs> right? They're, they're I was great. I was so trepidatious when they signed him. I was so trepidatious, and he's yeah. he's gotten himself over beautifully. He's a great addition to the show, and I think that says a lot for about AEW in that they are handling him so much better than any of these other other organizations were. I in my mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. Yeah, because they're not just letting him book his own stuff. Like, <laughs> well, if they are, he's just having a good run right now. If they yeah. are, yeah. Okay, number five. All right. Um, Jungle number Hook. Five. Jungle Hook. I don't know why I I, I spoiled it there. I don't know what That's I was right. thinking. You can you can spoil it. My only the only thing I didn't like about this was I oh. I kind of wished it had been a little bit longer. Even though I know what they were doing, yeah, it was really, really short. And I thought, I thought that you can tell that I kind of am into to Bill Morrissey right now. Um, yeah, and I thought he needed he needed to survive a little longer, just a little longer. But uh, 
no talk yeah. about it. It was yeah. great. Yeah, they. Sh- I I see what you mean. It was it was very short because everyone knew what they were there to see, and, and we saw it. Just gave it to you. Yeah, yeah, they saw it, and they set it up really well. Um, I'm not on TikTok, but I heard that the clip of Hook almost suplexing Big Bill last week was all over TikTok. Re- oh man, was getting a lot of attention, and I guess it paid off. And I didn't I didn't write down the numbers, but um. Apparently this this match was one of the if not the highest rated segment in the eighteen to thirty four demographic. I think um, Hook is a bigger star than we even we realized. Hook is a star. So yeah, and he can. I think he can move ratings, and I think he can move tickets. And we see that every yeah. time he comes out with the pop. And uh, I'm hoping they're realizing that now. It might be time to speed I'm things sure. up a little bit. Right. I think I think I think this woke some people up to number one, both that Jungle Boy um is a star, but also yes. Hook, like you said, is a bigger star than any of us realized. Right. Even though we were on the on the hook train from day one. Yeah. <laughs> but but from day one, even while we were talking about it, he is absolutely uh, gonna be in the Hall of Fame any day now. Right. We right. wanted them to handle him with with kid gloves, take it slow, and they have. They've done a really good job of that. But now, now I think is that they've done that for like a year and a half, a year at least. Right. I'm not saying put him in title matches all of a sudden for real titles, yeah. but might be time to to move him forward a little bit, have him actually be a player in singles competition. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. There you go. There. You, oh my God. He's a great guy because they're all about psychology and getting in people's heads. Yeah. And they'll you can't get in Hook's head. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking they'll figure out how to do it. They'll maybe they maybe they kidnap Taz. They kid- now, Taz can't take the Alcabon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. His neck is too, but I don't know. It's for his son. This, the, maybe, but every- maybe Hook takes the guitar shot for Taz. There you go. Pushes down of the way and takes the guitar shot. I think that's it. I think that's it right there. So, no, everybody won the suplex. We got the suplex. And it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, he can barely get him up. He suplexed the living shit out of that man. That's right. Because he has said he had proper technique. That's exactly right. All about the technique. Oh, man. It's all in the hips. It is all in the hips. Um, I'm and, not going to make Bill the obvious joke well. right like, there. I love he did. Bill almost dropped the F-bomb on TV. <laughs> uh, he bugged his eyes out. He's amazed. Like, you know, he he did what he needed to do to to get that over. He absolutely did. He really did. Um, I think, and I don't know, I think it's just his look. I really like his look. And um, he's kind of got that no-nonsense attitude. And I just know you could do mm-hmm. some things with him. And I'm hoping they separate him from this group at some point. Um, yeah. And we can really get some good. Uh, I'd like to see some good stuff out of Bill Morrissey. Um, now that he's no longer with that. Nin Kampupa used to be tagged with, tagging with. I shouldn't have said was that. Actually. The, uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I've got to watch what I say here in the future now. Was it him that you wanted to put with uh, Lance Archer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, those two would be monsters together. Monsters. Oh, that would be great. Jake the Snake walking them out. Three dudes who are almost seven feet tall, all walking to the ring together. Come on. Yep. And then just hook suplexing them all over the place. All right. 
number wait i really thought they were going to debut new jungle jungleman music and they didn't and it was oh, yeah. a real disappointment they, they do need, need to, to though go. because they were it was that would have been the time to have slash come out in la oh my god play that welcome to the jungle break <sighs> that thing's got to be millions it's got to be millions but um yeah, it's probably too expensive the the song was perfect because he and Luchasaurus were the I think the number one merch sellers for kids and they were the number one reason for kids to tune in. Um, they were the modern day Rock and Roll Express in that respect for AEW seriously. Um, but he's not that tag team doesn't exist anymore, um, and he is an, he's a more adult character now. And he does need new music to reflect that, you know, for him being like, I don't know, a little bit of a heartthrob and a little bit of a badass, like people swaying their arms back and forth isn't really the look for that guy. Um, So hopefully they realize that and make a change soon. All right. Number four. Number four, I just have hardcore women's wrestling. Oh, man. Give, give me your take on the whole thing, and then I'll chime in. Because this match involved one of my favorite moments, the history of professional wrestling. Oh, I can't wait to hear which moment that was. Yeah. I, so I watched this twice. I watched it today, and I watched it that night. And okay. that night, Friday night, um, I didn't love it. And we've talked about this before, but not in a while. Yeah. Is that, you know, over the years as WWE... Um, took blood out of wrestling. I've resensitized myself to right. excessive blood in wrestling. Right? Yeah. So it it's very effective on me. I'll put it that way. Right. And, and real quick, if you're yeah. going to do it in AEW, this is the place to do it, which is very late at night on the East Coast. Yes. Yes. And that's something I didn't really think about until today. Um, because I would say, yeah, you either do it on rampage or do it on um, a pay-per-view pay-per-view we've criticized them before about having too much blood too often and they have toned it down mm-hmm. even john moxley's not bleeding quite as much he might just be out uh, of blood <laughs> there just might not be much left in there you're right, you're right. he's just got yeah, to get some protein he's on it. his last pint man right start pumping it up uh so when ruby hit a gusher Oh my god! When her I face really, came up, let's just let's just say I was distracted, <laughs> and that took me really out of the match. Okay, and I uh, I had to I had to take myself to task a little bit because I I admit I'm more squeamish about women bleeding than men. Yeah, and um, the, I, I think part of it part of it is um, I'm really uncomfortable with the streak in wrestling historically of men seeing a sea of men cheer women getting hurt. Right. So like old ECW stuff. Yeah. You know, or like let's Francine get her comeuppance and everyone's cheering. It yeah. really makes me uncomfortable. Totally get that. So when I see a sea of mostly male audiences mm-hmm. up and cheering, you know, saying this is awesome because a woman's bleeding, I have mixed feelings about it. And at the same time, there were a lot of people uh, who were cheering because the, I think this was almost a coming out party for Willow Nightingale, I felt like. Yeah, right, right. And 
Um, I I also think that there's no reason women shouldn't be doing these matches. Mm-hmm. And also in this match, once I really thought about it, you know, a year ago they did a match like this with um, Bunny and Penelope, and I didn't love it. Right. For a lot of the same reasons. And part of it then was because I felt like they just decided, let's, we'd, it's time to do a match like this, let's do it. Right. There wasn't like a story building up to it. There wasn't like a blood feud. Mm-hmm. This was a feud like that. Yeah. Tay, uh, Tay Mello and Ruby have been feuding for most of a year. Yeah. Most of the decade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, pretty much since Ruby came in, mm-hmm. Tay Mello smashed her hand in a car door, knocked her out for weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a whole storyline about that. Then she broke her nose, put her out of wrestling. She had to get surgery on her nose. So it's like, if you're going to do a street fight, this is the women's food to do it. Those with. are the women. Yeah. And this match told that story ultimately was about, she had to get a partner to the, the whole story was I had to get a partner who can take care of Anna so that I can focus on Tay. Yeah. And that's how it ended. Was, and she found that partner. <laughs> and that partner sure took that partner Anna. took took care of Anna, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And that so, yeah. yeah. That horrible, horrible move. Yeah, was my favorite moment in wrestling in years. Because <laughs> I can't say for sure if when she put Anna, quote unquote, through that table, right. missed the table completely. With Anna, at least. Well, she, yeah. I can't say that Anna did die, but when Willow came up, I'm 99% sure I saw the soul stone on her finger. So (laughs) I'm pretty sure Anna was deceased for at least a minute. Yeah. She has one of the stones. She has one of the infinity stones now. And she had to sacrifice, uh, she had to sacrifice a life for it. And that's what she did right then. Oh, gosh. Oh my Luckily, god! I mean, no, I really you know, did love live. Yeah, Anna was tweeting on Friday about something that was t- two days, so she seems okay. Thank God for that. Um, Good Lord, I really did love Willow in this match. She was great. Other than that move, she was great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll never stop laughing. The Dudleys, the Dudleys tribute they did. Oh yeah, with the with the camo pants and get the tables. Yeah. Loved that. Um, honestly, I am sure I'm incorrect here, but I thought Willow was one of the better wrestlers in that match. She appeared to be to me. Um, she just really, they set up a lot of good spots for her, like, um, grabbing both women off the turnbuckle when they were, uh, when they were trying to throw off, um, Ruby and, uh, Get basically power slamming them both down. There were just a lot of really good moves for her that made her look like a star. And I really think she's going to come out of this match being at least on those women's level. If you know, so oh, I really, yeah. I really appreciated that. And then she's got a match next week with Tony storm. And I think she's going to be more over than ever coming into that match. You, your voice went out for that. Could you say that again? Did it? Yeah. She's got a match with, uh, Tony Storm next week. Uh huh. And I think she'll be, I think those fans are going to love her even more than ever. I think so. And I think Most that's, of them will have, if they didn't watch Rampage, it would have caught up on it by this time and seen those highlights. And this begs the question are they about to make a turn in some way with Tony? Because people are going to, whether they realize it or not, people are going to cheer Willow 
in that match. Yeah. Absolutely so. going to cheer Willow. I think they know what they're doing with that. Yeah. I hope so. I think they're, I hope so. I think they're, I think they're doing that intentionally. And, uh, yeah, hats off to Ruby. I don't know if she meant to go that hardcore, but <laughs> man. <laughs> so, know, Jeff, you say Jeff Hawkins says TJ's his favorite deathmatch wrestlers? Yeah, he, he, he tweeted that that night. Oh, TJ's man. His favorite deathmatch wrestlers. I can't really disagree because I got to give it up to Anna Jay. She, she, that was probably her best performance in a lot of matches. It was. Because it was just a fight and not doing a lot of wrestling moves. Mm hmm. And Tay Mello, I think partially because she is someone who probably has been in some real fights in her life coming yeah. up with her upbringing and jujitsu background. Yeah. Um, she, she's cartoony, uh-huh. but she's like a, she's like a ridiculous person in a real fight. Yeah. Like she's not, she doesn't make it look ridiculous. She looks like a ridiculous person. We've seen she's also a total psycho. We've seen those people on TikTok and Instagram over the yes. years in fights. We've seen those people, and now we have one who is a professional. Yes. And right. I got to say, I think she revels. She revels in this. I think she genuinely likes this. Oh yeah, and yeah, she, too. she didn't seem to have any problems with those thumbtacks at all. None. No. Zero. I will say thumbtacks is one of my biggest pet peeves, and not a fan. That. That I, somehow the thumbtack is a more effective finisher than putting someone in a pile driver through a table. You know what? I have a similar pet peeve that I've never mentioned publicly before. Okay. As much as I love Ric Flair chops, mm-hmm. I hate when somebody's in a in a major match, like a title match, and they get yeah. punched hard and they come back with a chop because all that's going to do is sting. All it's going to do is sting. And it's a very similar thing, in my opinion. Like, the thumbtacks are going to hurt you, but they're not going to finish you. If you get one in the eye, it's not going to finish you. It's just going to hurt. And so, very similar thought there. Throwing them in the face was a cool spot. It was. It really was. And I think Ty... Ty didn't handle it perfectly. It, she did for safety, as in turning her head, getting the hair in front of the eyes. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to mess around with that. No, no, no. The guy, yeah. It could have looked better, but she did exactly what she needed to do to protect herself. Um, God knows I'm not going to say yes to thumbtacks in the eyes. Let's see. Do women's hardcore matches get overlooked scrutinized? I think so, because they're so new. At least to a mainstream audience, they are brand spanking new. And like when, when women's MMA came to MMA, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't, I I was never against it, but I didn't want to watch it. But then as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, this was awesome. This was great. So I think it's probably a similar thing. And now, generally speaking, my favorite MMA competitors are women, uh, Rose Namahunas, Amanda Nunez. Mm -hmm. Um, they're some of my all time favorites and, uh, and I think I think a similar thing will happen in mainstream pro wrestling. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I think uh, I think I would say I'm probably one of those people who overly scrutinize them mm-hmm. because of the same reason, the novelty of it. Or well, and you're also a dad of two two daughters. You know, I think there's a lot of different things that have, may have you a little squeamish. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is, I think I, I think I hold it to a standard that I that I, I think it's more that I'm more loose on men's because it's such a given that it happens. Yeah. You know, because yeah. a lot of people would be like, why do, do you not have a problem with John Moxley bleeding a lot? I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. I think John Moxley bleeds way too much. You know? Yeah. 
You've been very uh, public. I, yeah. I don't like it when people get the crimson mask, you know. Uh, when Will Osprey did that in New Japan just a week ago, I thought it was one of the most disturbing parts, you know. And it makes me feel like a kid again. <laughs> if that tells you anything about my upbringing. I might be able to, I used to be there. I used to be there. I used yeah, to you were there, and then you came out, and maybe you're coming back a little bit, you know. I used to I used to have a tape of, um, oh, who was the guy's name? Mr. Pogo. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Mr. Pogo? Yeah, I do. And uh, Leatherface and... Uh, Oh uh, man, some of the Matsunaga or something like that. Like, uh-huh. it was just a VHS tape of like, and the guy from uh, Victor Quinones was his manager. I remember Quinones. I remember that just vaguely. And I remember there was a tape I had, and there was a promo that the guy had that a friend of mine was in a band, and he sampled it and like played it in one of their added it to one of their songs that they would play live, and it was where it was just he says, "Do you know what we're doing tonight? Tonight <laughs> we are doing Fire Death Match." That is awesome. Put it in the beginning of the song. It was the best sample. Dude, you put so, that yeah, in the beginning of that. any tape, and I'm all in. All in. Yeah. Um, we are doing, tonight we are doing Fire <laughs> I don't remember where I was going to go from there. You just took me completely into left field, and I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking about that. Um, No, but uh, also I think... I also think there's a little bit of these women aren't Kyrie Sane, you know, they're not, yeah, I don't know, Serena Deeb. And I think that is a little worrisome also. And that these are women who make mistakes in matches and you don't want to make mistakes with barbed wire and thumbtacks and things like that. And I think you worry, I think as men, we're more likely to worry for the women than we are for the men, even though we do worry. We worry about, CTE. We worry about so many things. We worry about Darby Allen every time he walks out to the ring. Um, right, right. But it's almost like with a guy, I'm kind of worried with a grin a little bit. With the woman, I'm actually a little more worried because I think that's just how my brain's wired. But I um, think that's true. I'm and ju- I think that's true. And I and I and I, you know, I if 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 a woman feels. Um, I don't know. Is that demeaning or is that insulting or something like that? I don't, you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, literally like, but, but I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way, but, the, but like when Anna Jay is taking a power bomb onto a table, number one, I'm worried twice, for, you know, number yeah. one, can your frame, can your frame take that same move? You know, but like same yeah. with Darby Allen, can you do that? Yeah. Well, he's proven that he can, you know, at least for now. But then when you overshoot it and just hit the floor, yeah, I'm going to be more concerned than I might be if it was Kenny Omega. Let's be clear, though. Darby Allen is not going to be wrestling at 70. No. <laughs> Maybe not at 60. No. But um, also, though. You know what's crazy <clears throat> is I went back and watched the YouTube video of um, Bubba Ray Dudley powerbombing Mae Young off the stage when she was 80. Oh, jeez. And how did they uh, let that happen? They should have gone back to see how he protected her. You know? Yeah. He did not like he power bombed her. Like there was, you almost got a spit take out of me there. All that stuff. They had the cardboard and everything, but like she flat back bumped that thing. He did not like, you know, Willow protected (laughs) Anna more than Bubba Ray protected 80. Absolutely. And that's again, I was about to say, even though I do worry about the women getting injured more than I worry about the men getting injured, even though I do worry about them both, I I really enjoyed this match, and I enjoy matches like it 
because these women aren't the best female wrestlers in the world, these are big opportunities for them to step their game up. And Anna Jay had a better match than she's had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Willow Nightingale had a very good match. Mm-hmm. Ty Conti had a really good time. Mello had a good match. Everybody had a good match. They really and did. We got to show show more dimension. Yes, yes. You got you got to you got to have a a women's story that didn't revolve around a title. Mm-hmm. It was just a feud. Can I say this? I think one th- one one aspect of of one aspect of women's pro wrestling in AEW that is excellent, excellent. That I've never seen mentioned anywhere. Not that I've listened to that many wrestling podcasts. Um, none of the storylines involve a man. None of them revolve around a love yeah. interest. And when it comes to media in general, not just pro wrestling, all media, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Yeah. And um, generally... From my, again, I don't watch WWE regularly anymore. But Are you saying the you, street fight passed the Bechtel test? It passed the Bechtel test, exactly. <laughs> and I don't think that many women's storylines in WWE, at least up until five years ago, would have passed yeah, the yeah, Bechtel yeah. test. I, I'm sure they do much better at that now. But um, AEW has done phenomenal. I can't think of one where it's two women fighting over a man. The closest, a man, the closest you can come to that is... Uh, Adam Cole and Tony Schiavone fighting over Brit. Yeah, <laughs> that's as close as you're going to come to that. Yeah, well, we'll get to Adam Cole in a minute. Yeah, we will. Okay, number three. Number three, Kanosuke Takeshita, everyone's new favorite wrestler. Yeah, boy, that guy had a week. He sure did. And uh, let's first of all. You say he had a good moment with with MJF, but he did back down. No, no. Yeah. He was forced back by Aubrey Edwards. By Aubrey, by Aubrey Edwards. That's right. And he respected her enough to go ahead and back down. He recognized her, a good boy. her authority. That's true. Takeshita is a respectful human being. Respectful right. young man with a slow cooker. I'm sorry. That's right. With an air fryer. Yeah. Air fryer. That's right. That's true. That's true. I did like that they gave him that moment, though, that because in another year, another show, another person like MGF would have come out and the guy just would have bailed. Yeah. And given him the ring. What was what what was it he said to MJF that he the, the what he said earlier meant blah, blah, blah. Uh, was it kiss my ass or was it? It was something to that effect. I can't remember if that was it. Yeah. My mind immediately goes, my memory is always filthier than what was actually said. In my mind, it was go after yourself, but I know that wasn't what it was. No. I know that's not what it was. I uh, would have, that would have been awesome if they had timed it, though, though he did it and they just bleeped it. That would have been so great. That would have been wonderful. Uh, that would have been pretty amazing. Although, young Takeshita, he doesn't talk like that. He had a hell of a match, man. Hell of a match. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was like... He just is a banger every time. He speaking of Barry Windham, he reminds me of like that young Barry Windham. This just long, lanky, <clears throat> super powerful, like looks like he can hang with anybody. In my book, there's no higher praise than saying that. There's no higher praise. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, true. Yeah, and I mean he, he needs to get some wins now. Like you like you yeah, you've gotten the notes time. here. 
He's he's had great matches, almost always losing in them. He's got to start beating some folks real soon. Yeah, like next week, like immediately. Yeah, he, he does. He does uh, uh, elevation matches and he wins those, but they're against nobodies. So yeah, like he needs he, to beat somebody. He can't. He can't stand up to the world champ and then go take the number one contender to the very yeah. end and then just go back to like beating the trust buster maybe the move is a match with chris jericho yeah that might be the move he's yeah. the guy that's losing lately could be well there's an interesting thing they're doing that they haven't done on tv yet which is don Callis is scouting him so on yeah on elevation he's like watching him and then apparently they filmed some they filmed some footage at pwg with mm-hmm. Don coaching and they made and and made note of the fact that um, Don Callis left Tokyo after the Tokyo Dome show and didn't stay for the next day show with Kenny Omega, so that he could uh, hang out with Takeshita at, P- at PWG. You know, I think they did like early on in this storyline. They had it on Dynamite, I believe, that he was kind of scouting Takeshita, but they haven't gone back to it on AWTV yeah. since then outside of you know dark and elevation yeah. that's really interesting though um yeah it's a real interesting storyline and plus being associated with kenny omega i mean that would be that'd be a big deal to catch to such a good face though and that's fa- that group isn't going to stay face very long they had to be face for their return because they were going to get yeah. cheered um right. i think they're pretty firmly faces right now yeah but with don Callis. Their heels yeah. waiting to turn. That's all they are. Right. And so that'll be really interesting to see uh, if that happens. And if not, does that create a feud between Kenny Omega and Takeshita? I would not be surprised if within the next six months we see Kenny Omega losing to Takeshita. And if it creates a feud with Kenny Omega and Takeshita, if it does, yeah. Takeshita rejecting Don Callis. Who are Takeshita's two partners for that six-man match? Ooh, that's a good question. Who are his people right now? Who would have his he back? Have people right now? Not really. Maybe a Ricky Starks potentially, somebody like that. Could be. Or would maybe Brian Danielson back him up after yeah, this amazing match they had? Quite a lot. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Brian Danielson. There's a lot of there's a lot of good faces who've been helping people out lately. And of course, Brian Danielson right. is always there respecting the good workers. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that's a no, that's actually a note I have there is right now. They actually have a really good problem, which is they have a lot of really over baby faces. Yeah. Like just this week, you've got Takeshita, Hook, Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. Ricky Starks. Hangman. Action Andretti. You know, he's still journeys mm-hmm. out, but he's out there. And you've already got Hangman, who's as over as ever. Yep. Danielson and then now Adam Cole probably yeah for a little Plus, while you know like you've got a lot of baby faces that are all over the elite have to go go heel again real soon real soon yeah. in my opinion because <clears throat> they do have a yeah, ton of baby faces right. oh yeah. Darby Allen you didn't mention in there oh yeah Darby um yeah. of course Absolutely. orange is always there holding titles mm-hmm. though there's a ton of great baby faces right now in AEW um, and Takeshita. Yep. All right. Are you ready for number two? 
Yeah, it's Hangman Page. Man, what a match with Moxley. Really, really enjoyed it's it. Such a good match. Kind of wanted yeah. it to be longer. Didn't want it to end. Yeah. Um, it but was like said with the Omega thing. It wasn't the match. It was the match to set up the match. Exactly. This was um, just part two. It's going to be. This is the CTE classic. We got had Hangman get CT in the first one. Moxley get CT in the second one. After both attempting to give each other CT the entire match, right. and then the third match, we'll see whose brain dies during they're in the match. They'll just have a portable brain scan. <laughs> That's right. They'll just have an MRI like set up right there outside. Yeah. That's the thing is you have to you have to load your opponent into the MRI into the MRI and he has to stay there scan. still and the MRI has to detect CTE uh, detect a brain injury that's right before the bell rings that's right if not you got to take him back out and beat on him some more yeah, you got to take him back out and do it again man give Which, me that match you know, this match might have been that considering how many clotheslines I'm ready to put that to put that that uh that white coat back on and be Mark Doctor MD for one more match, <laughs> one more time for this. My God, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love it so much. Um, Nurse, pop it up. <laughs> um, yeah, Paige kicked out of a Death Rider. That was yeah. a big deal. Kicked out at one after a pile driver, and really, and it was all out of Moxley. It was all punches and kicks to the head the whole match. Yeah, I feel like there was nothing else. Yeah, that's it. It was like a it was like watching a Stan Hansen brawl. Yeah. Now, if I'm John Moxley, before that third match, I train with Willow Nightingale. I work, <laughs> I work on that yeah. move off the, <laughs> yeah, off the entrance to see if I can get that right. <laughs> the overshoot power bomb. That's exactly right. That should be her new finisher from here on out. No, yeah. kind it kind of was like a Stan Hansen match, and that's yeah, that's lovely in my mind. Yeah, it's nice. It was super fun, and uh, sounds. I hope that this means Mox is going to get a little vacation because he was yes. acting like he got you know yeah. The audio picked him up saying what happened yeah to uh, Doc Samson, which they did that, that match. They did that very well. They did that I did really think well. They did it really well because they didn't overplay it. Yeah, it was understated. Mm-hmm. Um, and my and and Paige showed just enough. Like, is he okay? Yeah. Should I should I care that he's okay? Now, just enough. I wouldn't say the commentary team underplayed it, but they did in the match. They definitely did in the match. Um, I just I really this from beginning to end was one of the better episodes of Dynamite in a very long time. You had a lot of oh, matches okay. that I wish would yeah. have been longer, but. Mm-hmm. You couldn't make them too long because everybody had those matches. Everybody had a really good right. one. Now. And it flew by. It did. Yeah. Number one. Number one. This was the moment of the week. Yes. Me. 100%. Even better Adam Cole. than the death of Anna J. <laughs> Adam was on Rampage. Adam Cole, baby. We're talking about best yeah. moment of the week. Oh, the whole week. Yeah. yeah. Right. This was even better. That It gave me goosebumps. I did not have any idea it was happening and if it was out there i didn't see it so i was glad i didn't get spoiled it felt so special nobody saw it like a few people said oh it could happen nobody was saying it's gonna happen yeah and i really like the way they played it with tony shivani everybody thought it was gonna be mjf i think yes everyone thought it was gonna be mjf and then the music hit and everybody lost their collective shit 
everybody. Yes, I did. Everybody. And, and his promo was Adam Cole. Yeah. His promo was awesome. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. It was up there with Moxley's last year when he came back from rehab in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of just people going insane and being happy to see somebody uh so great. And the new set played it up so well with yep. the new LED walls and he's just got such a great graphics package. He does. The music's perfect for him, you know. <sighs> I like that it's a tribute to the show. Really enjoy yes. that. That's right. That's right. Um, so give a little wink to the camera for oh us. Oh, yeah. That was for us. Yeah, um, that was for us. I, I've been talking about how much I missed him. I think he adds something that nobody else does to the show. I don't know what that is, but he really does. He yeah. he looks like a star. He has the charisma of a star. He does not have the musculature of a star, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. He has everything yeah. else. Um and I'm just so glad he's back. I'm so glad he's yeah. back. And he's, you know, real life promo. His, his, the thing where he said, this is where the new Adam Cole is born. Yeah. Makes me wonder. I hope, I kind of hope that they just, as much as we said that they need more heels right now, that he gets a really good baby face run. I would love to see him main event against MJF this year. I think oh that'd be incredible. God. That'd be great. Uh, he'd probably be one of the only people who can really do a great promo battle with him. Yeah. Um, I had one thought about how this could have been better. Okay. Um, is Brit so, involved? Yes. Okay. This is how. Okay. Uh, so going into the match, everyone's hand wringing about Mercedes probably isn't coming. How are they going to deal with the um, disappointment that she's not going to be there? And we said, who could possibly come out that would not be booed? Yeah. Because they're not Mercedes. The answer was Adam Cole. That's true. That's so, true. To me, what, what they could have done was, and this is just a little shuffling of the show, do the uh, do the Hangman Mox match, do the same thing, and then in the second segment, do the women's tag match. So have Britt and Jamie come out immediately and have the match with Saray and Storm. Yeah. Do the whole match same as you would. Then at the end of the match, Britt and Jamie win and they're celebrating mm-hmm. and as they're celebrating the lights go out right everyone flips out because it's mercedes because they think it because they think it's mercedes and then that music hits you know it's all about the boom everyone's shocked i think they would immediately forget mercedes exists i think so too and then he comes out jamie bales brit is in the ring and Adam Cole comes in and does his thing and shares a kiss with Britt in the ring. Yeah. And then Britt gives him the ring, goes back, goes to the back, and he does the exact same moment. Now, what it does is it makes Britt a baby face. Yep. But I think the only thing that it, well, I think what it would have done was make people forget about Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It would have helped baby face Britt if that's where they're going with her. Yep. And it would have added like an extra bit of emotion to because you know Britt wouldn't have been able to hold it together. So you, yeah, you could you could have a thing where Britt didn't know he was coming and Britt's like crying yeah. in the ring. Because she yes. probably would. She probably would. I would. And if Adam Cole's my man, I'm crying in the ring. Yeah. That's right. That's guaranteed. You can quote me <laughs> yeah. on that. And you let him have that moment on TV. Yeah. And then let her, you know, give him the ring and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he does the whole rest of the same thing like that. 
no one's mentioning Mercedes for the rest of the show. And it's not like they they handled it okay. Right. The Mercedes thing because they, you know, they kind of went to commercial and they let everyone get their booze out while they weren't <laughs> while they weren't on the air, you know. Yeah. But to me that would have been one of those ways to just sort of add something in hindsight that could have added something to it, but oh, I like that. I yeah. really do like that idea. Um okay, now that we're through the heat index, let's talk about that women's that women's tag match. Yeah, I liked it. It was pretty I, I really enjoyed that match. Index, but yeah. You what? Yeah, I did. It was really good. You wouldn't have put it I on at the same time. I felt day? like it should have been on the heat index, but I just couldn't make This it. was a huge week. No, like I don't see who you would have taken out unless you replaced Paul Walter Hauser, but we still would have had a big conversation about Paul yeah. Walter Hauser. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the match was really fun. I'm uh, a big, you know, I'm a fan of pant, pantsuit Sheeta. Oh, I was about to say that those exact same words. I was going to say <laughs> I'm a big fan of pantsuit Sheeta. But she messed up, man. She messed up. She threw the she threw the cane to the wrong person. And uh well, it landed perfectly in first of all, her throw of that object, sword, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah. If she would have underslid it, it would have been a mistake. If she would have overslid it, it would have been a mistake. If it was too close to somebody, perfectly in between the two people. Perfectly. Right. I was impressed right with that. Of the ring. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Storm and Hater are phenomenal together. No real turn yet, though. And I think everybody expected no. it there. And AEW is good at that. Yeah. At, at, at they're We're bad at it, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Much like I probably said these exact words before on this show. Much like Lucille Bluth, they kind of get off on being withholding. They really do. <laughs> it's, it's an issue. Yeah. Yes. It's true. Yeah, I think it. I think the. I think I think they're going to slow roll it a little bit, but I think, yeah. you know, I think what they're going to do is instead of I don't think they need to worry about turning Jamie and Britt face, but they, and I think they need to be they need to do it right to get Storm and Hater because what they don't want to do is do what WWE did with Storm and just say, well, now she's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like for no reason, they need to they need to plant some seeds to get them booed, and then you know, and I think like next week having her Willow and Storm in a match together, I think it'd be really interesting to see if Storm kind of heals it up a little bit or even cheats. Yeah, I'd love to see something like that. Also, I wonder if she might get upset at being booed, and that might kind of turn help turn her a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Um, I think the biggest blame the fans blame always blame the fans. Yeah. Um. Because, listen, even if they're not responsible for that, look at those people. They're responsible for something. You can just see it in their beady <laughs> little eyes. Wrestling fans. I think the biggest surprise of the entire show was the fact that they not only mentioned the the they not only mentioned Kenny Omega winning the U.S. title. Right. They also yeah, brought up PWG. Yeah, and he wore the yeah. belt. Jericho I didn't expect they were going to mention any of it. WWG's Battle of Los Angeles is one of the highlights of his week. Yeah. Listen, this is a big this is a this is a great week to be in Los Angeles and a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah, and I you know, who knows if everybody who went to PWG was at that show, they might very well have been. I guarantee a lot of them were, a lot of them. So, um I'm sure like we'll the, uh, go ahead. Oh no! Go! I was about to change directions here. 
Oh, well, I was on the Jericho thing. I really enjoyed their tearaway pants moment. <laughs> Bet you did. Where they, re- where, the, where they revealed. With the gold jackets. Were, yeah, where they revealed the black tearaway pants that revealed black pants. <laughs> That's fantastic. as Jericho as you're going to get. That's pure yeah. Jericho right there. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, I hate that we don't have Nyla Rose on anymore after her debut of her shirt, shirt, and her pants, pants. You're right. You're oh, right. man. I, jacket, I, jacket. Yeah, I want to see that every week. Every single week. Or the tearaway pants revealing identical pants. Yeah. Okay. Where do you want to go next? Elite and Death Triangle? Ricky Starks? Yeah, Action Andretti? Itself. Do you have any thoughts on that match itself? It was very good. I didn't think it was five stars. Yeah, I didn't I, think it was five stars. I thought maybe four stars. Good. I mean, it was yeah, a good match. It was yeah. a good match. Um, it. I've seen many more. I've seen a lot of tag matches I liked better on AEW. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just the I fact that I've seen especially we've seen we've seen great tag team ladder matches yeah. for twenty years. Yeah, and I've seen. I know Pac and Kenny were in this match. I'm aware of that. But we've seen so many great matches between Death Tri- between Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks that to me, for me to really notice it, it's got to be better than those. And this was kind of right there, but I didn't think it was better. I didn't think it was as good as some of them. This was a great match, by the way. I'm not trying to shit on this match. Right. But they've had so many phenomenal matches. Yeah. It's and I didn't think old, this was quite this, those. That's the thing about this best of seven series is they, like if I go back to the trios tournament. Yeah. Back in whenever that was the summer. Yeah. I can remember specific matches. Was it the summer matches? And what was it? I just yeah, don't it was before all out. Wasn't it? My God, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. July. Yeah, it was the summer. It was right. I'm sorry. Time is flying for me uh, right now. Was, it really it is. Punk. It was pre muffins. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's the show like, that that remember, ended on. I remember matches. You know, I can remember the match. This best of seven series ever really, and I even saw one of them live in person. And I have a yeah. hard time remembering. They all blur together to me. They all blur together. And that's I can the thing. Individual spots. I can remember Kenny. You know, doing the one. I remember the ladder stuff. Thing. You know, I remember stuff. But, like, I don't know if I would go back and say, man, I really want to watch match five of that best of seven series. (laughs) Yeah, outside of, I remember the the special matches. I remember the no rules match. Uh And I remember this ladder match. Escalera del Muerte or whatever ketchup this is named after. And maybe the first one. Yeah. But. Before we knew it was the seven. Exactly. But outside of that, I can't. I can't recall one being different from the other. I really can't. Yeah. And um, honestly, and this is a failing on my part, not on their part, me knowing it was going to be seven matches, I didn't pay incredibly close attention, maybe to any of them, because in my mind, there's always five or six more. That's true. I think That's that I that, that hurt my it hurt my willingness to really pay attention. I thought... This isn't going to be the big one. The last one's going to be the yeah. big one. And yeah, I don't again, know. I'd have to go back and look, but I think of the you know of the seven weeks that they did these matches. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I don't remember if any of them were in our top five of the week to talk about. I don't think they were. Maybe and one. I, and again, I'm saying that is a failing on my part, but I don't think that's a unique failing amongst wrestling fans. I think it's probably more common than uh, people would like to admit. I'm willing to admit my failings at any moment here. And, uh, and I think that held me back from enjoying these as much as I would have if they would have happened individually across a year or something like that, than them right, being all so packed think, together. It's kind of ironic because going back to like the beginning of like the Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay stuff, one of the things that Kenny said to uh, Will was, you're the five-star wrestler that no one can remember your match after three weeks. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this whole series. About these, this whole series, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Here's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see the elite take on a whole series of variety of different trios. House of Black. Yeah. Yeah. House of Black. I see Top Flight with somebody. Yeah. Hey, our Fox. Man, the Trustbusters. Why not? You know. Why not? They're busting trusts. Let's do it. Elevation matches. I want to see. I just want to see. <laughs> I want to see a trios division. With, yeah. You know. I'd love to see him against Dark Order. I think, again, that would be a really great match. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one last thing to do with why I didn't enjoy this series as much as I should have, considering the quality of everything, is also, if you take it back to the discussion of the Will Ospreay-Kinney match, even though it was 18 stars easily, right. um, there was discussion of they held things back for the next match. And that's kind of something else I thought about for this is these guys could probably have a seven-star match, legit, legitimately. Yeah, yeah. But not when there's six other matches to be had. Right. You know, they had to hold back things. In everything they could do, they had to split amongst seven matches, right. guaranteeing you're not going to get as good a match as you could in each match. Right. And I think that was so. Those, a number of those things were just in the back of my head every week and so i watched them i enjoyed them but yeah i don't i barely remember them because i always yeah and they didn't really there were like little stories that would start to happen and they wouldn't you know like they had yeah. Nick jackson's injury they had the thing with the hammer they had the you know, thing when it suddenly got really violent you know yeah you even could have played up um you know kenny not being 100 percent this yeah. last week because just a week before he had had an 18 star match, you know, and, uh, you know, injured face and all this stuff. Like <laughs> Kenny's but, been through it. Yeah, man. He's determined to take another year off. I think like maybe he's just like one year for off, real. one year off from here on out. I think it's just beat your body to shit for five years. Then you take a full year off. I think that's the way it yeah. works here. It's like a sabbatical. Like a, he's like a college professor. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. Takes his sabbatical. Yeah. All right, where are we going next from here? Um, MJF promo. You want to talk the, talk that a little bit? Yeah. What do you think of uh, this crowd work? Bagging on uh, uh, who was it? Freddie Prince Jr. and oh, and- I, I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that. And I enjoyed Freddie Prince Jr. I liked that he uh, he acted really offended at a couple of them, and then yeah. enjoyed a couple of them. They're pretty good friends. Yeah, I assume they were. Um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed their use of the celebrities at ringside. Um, I also enjoyed when I realized 
they put all of them on the hard ca- on the side of the hard camera, not opposite where you'd see them so that they could be there for what they need to be there for. And if they needed to leave like true celebrities, no one would see them leave. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. You know who else was I, uh, at that show that um, that didn't make it on air? They weren't featured, but they were there watching. Was Mark Marin? Do you ever listen to Mark Marin? Yeah, I, I had no idea Mark Marin was there. You were cutting out a little there. bit again, but I, yeah, I heard I heard enough. Um, now I would have loved to have seen Mark Marin on screen, but I guarantee you, Mark Marin told them, "I do not want to be on screen for any of this." Yes, he, that feels like a Mark there's, Marin there's thing. A like, video. There's a video online of someone uh, shooting Mark Marin, like as if they're not with him. It's not like Mark Marin shooting himself. Yeah. Like someone shooting footage of Mark Marin watching the uh, elite entrance with the character, yeah. my wayward son, and all that. Yeah. And he just has this like look on his face that I'm sure a lot of us do sometimes, but just the context is of him just completely unaffected. Like everyone's yeah. going insane. There's if you like pink and lasers and you know, explosions if, and stuff. And he's if dead. you want to bring me back to BTE, I need the skit where Tony Khan has called Mark Marin and has offered him ringside tickets. And he's like, I don't know. Like, would I have to be on camera? Like, would I, would I have to talk to anybody? Like, would I have to walk yeah. through the, well, like, would I have to walk in with the fans, with the marks? I would just love I to see love, him whinging and I complaining. Yeah, I would love to hear the episode of uh, WTF where Mark Marin interviews Tony Khan and cuts the interview short because he just can't do it. He just can't take it anymore. Because <laughs> Tony Khan just talks his ear off and Mark's yeah. just like, oh, gosh. Yeah, that would, oh, just, I would love that so all right, much. Dude, you you, you got to go. You've got to yeah. go. I can't, li- I, can't, I can't just listen. And like, me. wait, why, why are you hugging me? Why are you hugging me? Why are you hugging me? Oh my god! <laughs> I get to as he's being kicked out. <clears throat> After that uh, Jaguars win uh, this weekend, the amazing win they had. By the way, uh, I got to share uh, Tony Khan memes with a friend of mine who's a football fan and doesn't know anything yeah. about wrestling. And I was like, "This is the owner. This is one of the owners of the Jaguars. Oh my god. He's, he's a hugger." And just if you just <laughs> yes. type in Tony Tony Khan hugging and do an image search on Google, you'll just get endless scrolling of him nestling his head into men much taller than him. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Where's my phone? I'm going to do this right now while we're talking. Um, I love... He always kind of turns his head sideways and like... He kind of tucks it in. He hugs like my dog's hug, you know? Like not like a a traditional human hug. That's what's interesting. I don't think Shad's a hugger. I think that's the thing. Guaranteed that man's not a hugger. Absolutely not. Um, Where was I going to go? Oh, I really, the Jaguars thing made me so happy just because I don't even remember who they played. Who did they play again? Who they beat? I can't remember. But apparently it was a team that, I know a lot of supporters of, and that night after the Jaguars had won, I go lay in bed and I, I get on Instagram and I'm going Chargers. through stories. What's that? Chargers. Okay. Yeah. I'm going through Instagram stories. I see so many people who went to bed posting the score when they went to bed as 27, 27 to nothing. Yeah. Um, Chargers. And yeah. I just, I enjoyed seeing every one of those knowing they're going to wake up to pure sorrow. And I my couldn't friend, wait. Yeah. 
my friend who I was just talking about said he was at a party and he saw the game. He stopped paying attention to it when it was 27 to nothing. Yeah. And he came back later at the end of the game. And uh, who's the, I forgot his name, the Jaguars quarterback. They were oh, um, the field. Yeah. Long haired guy. I forgot his name. Um, yeah. He was a rookie last year. Yeah. They were interviewing the Jaguars quarterback on the field. And the first thought he said was, when did they start interviewing the losing quarterback? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, by the way, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. He's like, when, when do they start interviewing the loser after the game? <laughs> and then he found out, he found out the truth. Now that was, it's been a great week for Tony Khan. I'll say that. And I believe Fulham's yeah, doing yeah, pretty well right now as well. He's riding high. Okay. Yeah, he's doing almost as well as uh, Paul Hauser. Are we now on week four of not knowing the name of the large tattooed gentleman in the mogul yes. affiliates. I think so. There's no reason unless they just don't have a name for him yet. There's no reason. What are they going to say? Oh, this is, this is Hulk Hogan jr. Like, like what, what are they thinking? I, they're going to pull here. I feel like this is so, okay. So in my day job, I'm a creative director and there's a lot of times that there are decisions that I have to make for people on directions of things yeah that people don't like i get the final say on yeah but there's a lot of things and sometimes you don't get to everything and then yeah like years later you know like a week later you gotta hear like hey this thing's behind and so and so just missed a week of work because you haven't made this decision yet right Uh i think that's what's happening here is someone's like (laughs) tony's like i'll have the name i'll have a name on monday yeah and they're like, great. And then he goes to the Jaguars game and he gets all excited and he forgets. He's a few white claws and they're like, hey, we got to tape a promo. Do we have a name for this guy yet? Oh, yeah, I'll get it to you next Tuesday. And that describes my approach to work right now completely. There's so many things where I could have something wrapped up with a Whack-a-mole. five minute, five minute email, two sentences. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll do it on, on Wednesday. Cause I'm off tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do it on Wednesday. Wednesday, I get there. I'm going to have everything backlogged from my days off. I'm going to have to handle, and that right. email is not going to go out. Might might never go out. God only knows. Yeah. So let's see. Um, what do you think of this Kingston Ortiz thing going on? I'm not into it at all. No, I would be pretty into Eddie Kingston and Ortiz against, against the house of black with finding a third partner and just like sticking together. Like I, that yeah that feud sounds fun to me. This thing yep. of like Ortiz and Kingston suddenly blood brothers turning on each other makes no sense. So easily. They've been blood brothers for like 30 years. And all just all of a right. sudden they're at each other's throats. It's, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. It's not realistic. Quite a, uh, quite a boot mark on uh, Eddie Kingston's face though. <laughs> Like a literal boot, like a literal footprint on his face. I somehow missed that, and I've got to go back. I have a huge TV, and I didn't see that. I really need to see that. One shot. There might be a still frame somewhere, but uh, I can't remember who it was that kicked him in the face. Probably Malachi. But for some reason, I think it might have been. Um, I think it was Brody King, though. I have it in my head. It was Brody King with the big kick. Um. Okay, changing course a little bit. We're going to hit some things and move on. What 
I'm kind of grown tired of the Book of Hobbes. Like, I'm ready yeah. for something to happen there. It needs to go somewhere fast. Real quick, yeah. Um, Jade Cargill progr- promo on Red Velvet. It was it was quick. I like seeing Jade Cargill. Um, I'm really... I wish Red Velvet would, like, if this is going to be a feud, like, let Red Velvet talk. Like, Yeah. Let's, let's also, you. You I'm ready. a story with only one side of it being told. Exactly. And also, we've talked extensively about the depth of this women's division. I'm ready for Jade to fight more people like Nyla Rose and fewer people like Red Velvet that she's worked directly with. And that's something AEW does with everyone. Everyone. Oh, they're on a team? Then they're definitely going to wrestle down the road. And it's gotten old for me. Not into it. Yeah. Into Jade, but not into that. Okay. I don't know. What's FDR FTR doing, man? What's happening? Taking a break. They're taking a break. Podcasting is going to rest his tailbone. I have to wonder... Number one, what happened this last year? How much of their sitting out was because of CM Punk, both because they're waiting for a program and possibly because of their loyalty to him? How much of it was AEW just giving them room to be AAA champions, new like IWGP champions, ROH champions? And where would they go if they leave, you know? Where would right. they go? They, there's I think no- it all depends on... I think that's what they're trying to figure out is, I mean, this Vince thing complicates things yeah, for them, man. I did. I haven't been listening to the FTR podcast. Uh, no, I've been, I've been trying to keep up on, and there's, you know, a couple of I, straight up transcriptions up there. I, I don't want to listen and not like them. Cause if I don't listen, there's nothing there that can make me not like them if I'm not listening to it. But if I listen to it, I could, I could be turned and I don't want to be turned from what I can tell from, from the transcripts that I've read. It's not so much that you won't like them. It's more that you'll just think it's kind of a boring podcast because he's too nice. I got you. Like his whole thing about the punk thing was he only said good things about punk. He only said good things about Tony Khan. He only said good things about he's riding the fence on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's generally how he feels, though. I think yeah, like a he's like I like everybody and we want to get along. I mean, he didn't like Road Dog, but like even then, <laughs> like, I think he's just a respectful guy. Yeah. And and he doesn't want to burn bridges, and you know he just wants to get out there and tell some stories and stuff, and you know that. So it does. I don't think it makes that interesting of a podcast, but. Um, you know, I don't know if you'd dislike him. I think you'd more just be like, I don't like not wanting to listen to you. I'd probably be frustrated with the lack of hard takes. I think that's where I'd be Maybe. frustrated. Because in my podcast, I want I want dumb people being morons, man. I don't want smart people being thoughtful. <laughs> that's right. that's yeah, not what I want in a podcast. That's right. exactly what I you want, want, man. Lawsuits that result in like company changing <laughs> meltdowns 10 years later. That's all I'm looking for. Is that yeah. too much to ask? I think it is. Oh, Dax, I think it's too much. Like, so this Stay. week, this week, I guess, you know, he was basically like talking about their year and he's like, it was our best year ever. Were there times we weren't happy? Yes. Were there times we were super happy? Yes. Were there times we were mad at Tony Khan? Sure. But ultimately we're happy with him. You know, so it's kind of like, okay. And I, I hate that they're talking. 
I hate that they're talking about this being like whatever their next contract is will be their last contract. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I think they think it's true right now, but I hope it's not. Yeah, I, I think if he can heal up, I think they've just been pushing himself pretty hard physically, and I think yeah. especially Dax, and I think Cash is probably not as passionate as him. Right, Cash loves his job, loves his partner. Loves yeah. doing really well, but it's, he's not one of those guys who's just going to be like, give me every, you know, because the fact that he's never in singles matches. Yeah. The way Dax is. Means he's not interested in being in singles matches. I predict in a couple of years, you'll see Dax as a, as a single star, like Ring of Honor champion. That'd be great. Something like that, you know. Um, okay. I, what I'm, what I'm hoping is that this break is just to take some injuries off and they'll actually come back and do a gun club feud and. You know, they're just sort I hope of that gun club feud lasts forty five seconds, then they move on yeah, to but, other other but I people. I like how they did that because if they go away, it's the, it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the Christian thing with Jungle Boy. Yeah, like he's gone, and the feud's over until he's back. Until he's yeah, back, so and it'll like, start. Let back. the gun, let him, you know, write him off really fast. Yeah, let the gun club go wild, and then maybe they beat the acclaim, and then you hear the FTR music come back, and the whole oh, crap. Now Daddy's home. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. I think I say that way too much. Okay, we're a little over time, but we've got one more thing we've got to talk about. We're probably going to go long on this, but it's worth it. Sting says he's retiring in 2023. Sting holds a special place in my heart, in Kevin's heart. He was our Hulk Hogan as kids. I think I'm I'm right on on both counts on that. Yep. Um, This was in D Magazine in Dallas. Um want to take it from there yeah so he just said this is you know his contract ends the end of this year he's probably gonna that's gonna be the it for him and he wants to make sure he does an ending for his career and does one that the fans are happy with and that he said he can point his kids to and say this is how i went out and uh, and it probably won't involve like a big singles match or title run right probably will involve darby he said at one point he said, "The end of my career will involve Darby Allen." I've yeah, seen that. I like that. I love that. Um, that means there's one year this year yep. Yep. in which Sting can 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 win gold and possibly retire with gold. I'd really like to see. I'd really like for that to happen. I would um, love to see that tag title win. Yeah, I'd love to see a tag title. The place to do it. I think you're right. I think I have to be there. I have to try and be there at Winter's Coming. Hundred percent. That's the way W works. He debuted there. He's going to finish things there. It's the end of the year. His contract's over. I think you're right. It's going to be right there, or else if there's a pay per view within a week of it at that pay per view. Yeah, I think Dallas uh, is probably where he's considered he started his career. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you what, if they're doing a meet and greet, I'm paying for that meet and greet. Whatever. It, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it I'll, takes. I'll, I'll weep at Sting's retirement. I think. And, and and I would two years ago I, I know, know I, would. I would have said that he didn't have this his career would have been his career would have been looked upon differently by a lot of people including Dave Meltzer if he hadn't met, had this last run in AEW I think yeah. this run has probably put him over when he comes into I don't know in 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 so many people's minds as a true Hall of Famer which there's no doubt in my mind he ever shouldn't have been. Like he's always been a Hall of Famer in my mind. Um, so let's see. You've got some good facts here. His daughter Caitlin works on the AW social media team and is yeah, training to wrestle. Little, yeah, that was just a little. 
item in the server it caught. Yeah, let's see. Final match. Um, said he won't send his career. Yeah, this is. It's kind of hit me. It hit me. I've been spoiled with Sting being here, but now knowing he's going to be going, I've got to do, try and do a meet and greet. I've got to see one of his last matches. Absolutely have to. And I love that both he and Darby Allen are going to be involved in Muda's final match. Yeah, I love that too. So, and that's something I'm going to try and see. Um, yeah, so let us know what you think about all these ideas we have. Um, how you think Sting ends his career? Let us know on uh, Twitter. I'm at Peppermint Fatty. Kevin is at you're at Kevin Ely on Twitter. Yep. Everybody. And of course, you can talk to us always on Facebook, the Fight Group, Fight Game Media Group. Uh, for me, from Kevin Ely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media, have a great week, everybody, and we hope to see you again. We hope to see you back here again next Tuesday.